how often and maybe even right now you have shoes on your feet right now that are walking someone else's path you're someone from social media that's influenced you your husbands your spouse your parents the schools societies you've become some huge activist but your house is a mess whose path are you walking on right now because when we put on our shoes having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace you're walking god's path for you Welcome to She Is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome back to another session. Today, we're really going to be digging into Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. And this passage, if you have come from New Age, I'm going to relate some of this stuff to the chakras, not because the chakras are relevant over the Bible, but because I find that in having a lot of conversations with you guys, especially those of you who have come from new age to Jesus, you really struggle in how to in not necessarily interpret scripture, but how to apply it to your life. So I'm going to use some of the old language that you have been formally known to understand and amplify it and upgrade it with God's word and the truth of why Coming to him and living through his word is not only just about your good acts to get you into heaven and your good acts to deem you a good person and your good acts to be the proof that you are forgiven and that Jesus has transformed you, but that through your grace or sorry, through your faith in him, his grace will pour over you and you get to. You don't have to prove anything, but you get to stay disciplined in his word because as you dig into it, as you become more unified in it, as you choose to give up everything you once knew to God, to Jesus, to being in his word, some of these things that he says isn't just this like, oh, wow, that's really powerful or oh, wow, that's really profound. It's like, no. When you're putting on the armor of God, this is what is truly happening. Here's why I want to share this. I've been having conversations with you guys, um, especially a lot of you who have left New Age. You've come to Jesus. You've even been walking um, with reading the Bible more and finding a church or getting into a church community um, and just being more disciplined to God in the last like year or two. 
but you're still finding that you really struggle. You're struggling to get organized. You're struggling to feel that peace that surpasses all understanding when that is promised to us when we come to him. You're struggling to let go of resentment and anger and frustration and stress in your day-to-day life and equally from your past. You're still tired. You're not necessarily seeing some big changes and transformations. In a sense, someone has promised you God as a genie in a bottle and you're not seeing that genie popping out, those wishes popping out. And I want to remind you that God is not a genie in a bottle. And I had to really come to terms with this because I struggled with manifestation. It seemed like everyone around me was manifesting everything they wanted and more and simultaneously burning themselves out, but nobody ever shows that. And I just couldn't manifest anything. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, why, why can't I figure this out? And then I came to God and I realized how deceptive manifestation truly was. And the reason why manifestation is truly so deceptive and how you may still be attached to it, and that's why we're going to dig into this particular passage today, you're going through something and you are struggling through it, you're challenged by it, you're stressed out, you're overwhelmed, and you're, you're, you have started to fall back into patterns of not taking care of yourself or putting yourself last, last or You haven't even started putting yourself first and you're wondering why you're having such a hard time regardless of the circumstance, no matter how challenging it might be. It could be a financial thing, a health thing, a relationship thing, a career thing, motherhood thing. But on top of the external circumstance, you yourself are putting yourself last. You have a lack of self-care, you have a lack of discipline, and you have a lack of consistency. And you're wondering why you're so tired when you're coming to God and you're putting it at his feet, but you don't see anything changing. Here is what I want to really get into with you today in regards to this particular passage and not only get into it to help you understand it, but to truly explain why you're still putting yourself last, why you're still tired, why you're still not seeing results, and primarily why you're not feeling the peace that surpasses all understanding that is in fact promised to us when we come to God. I'm going to share a personal detail And this is how I know that God is true, that this peace does in fact exist. We have been dealing with this ongoing financial stress for, I want to say about four years now. And it's not a stress in regards to like not having money or not being able to pay our bills or not being able to afford things, but it's something to do with my husband's company that, sparing the majority of the details, Something took place within a partnership that we were really blindsided by and it's taken a very long time where we're finally at the bitter end of it and it has now solely fallen onto us to really like finalize everything, pay for everything, deal with everything when it shouldn't be this way and yet it is. And there are so many opportunities to blame ourselves and this other person and to just be in the thick of the stress and the anger and the resentment of it. And this is someone very dear and close to us, which makes it even more upsetting. However, I have consistently come to understand that 
staying in that place and choosing not to pray over this person and choosing not to pray over this circumstance and choosing to not believe in God and trust in God and feel blessed because of God in lieu of all of it, that in choosing to forego that, I would be alone. I would feel completely, utterly, despairingly overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, and just feeling left behind. But it is in God that I have hope. It is in God that I go through this (laughs) headfirst, both feet in, and deal with what is needed to be dealt with. And it doesn't make it easy. And let me tell you, there are days where it is so overwhelmingly annoying and angering and resentment does come up. And then I remember that in that space that it's not me who needs to hang on to this. It is in fact an instruction by God for me to pray over this, to pray over this person, to pray over me and my husband in all of this. Because if I choose to not... I don't get access to the peace in Jesus. I don't get to see the blessings in this. I don't get to see how God is using this situation to mold us and call us up to a higher level of standard and discipline and understanding and consistency and equally financial fortitude, right? There's a way in which he is blessing us through this. And if I choose not to pray over this, if I choose not to stay and remain focused on him, keep my eyes on him, then this whole situation could easily take me away and out. Easily. Like it is so unbelievable where it is at. But at this point, cooperation is literally the key and just to continue to move forward. And God has consistently provided a way. And not because I expected him to, but because I chose to keep my eyes on him and go through it regardless of what I had to face and come up with. So let's dig into the whole armor of God. So before we get into this, I want you to really just take a moment here. And after I explain this here in a second, maybe even pause this episode and just think on this situation that you're dealing with right now. I want you to think of a challenge or the challenges that you're facing. You likely run through the list a hundred times a day. Well, I have to do this and I got to deal with this and I'm not doing this and this is a problem and this is a problem and this doesn't help and they don't help and this isn't support and this is not working and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. You probably run through this list about a hundred times a day. So I'm going to invite you to take a nice big deep breath in and let it out. And just allow yourself a moment to just sit in the overwhelm. You see, we get overwhelmed because we run through the list and then we immediately try to avoid it. Okay, well, instead of, you know, um, I'm going to finally do the thing. I'm going to finally go and do this. And so we run to the cupboard or we run to the store or we run to the bank statements or we run to the house and we just frivolously, survivalistically, attack whatever it is that we feel is going to be the next best thing to neutralize the state inside of you as if cleaning up your external life is going to neutralize your internal disaster and chaos but it's not and it can't you could clean your entire house if you have young kids you know this you can spend two three hours cleaning your entire house and by the end of the next meal you're 
counters have fingerprints all over them and there's food on the floor and there's plates in the sink and there's stuff on the counter and it's like you didn't even clean it at all. It's like literally it seems like a tornado ran through the second you stopped and you took that moment to appreciate and you're like, oh, this feels so good. And then it's like, okay, (laughs) start back at square one, right? So I want you to just think about that strain, that stress in your life right now for a moment and just breathe into it. Just breathe into it. It's already running through your head. Now breathe into it. Okay, let's talk about what it looks like to put the whole armor of God on over the circumstance. And we're going to break this down line by line. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, 10, uh, verse 10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know, it's one thing to work out and to build that muscle and, you know, you'll see the results as you start lifting more weights and you start feeling strong. But to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You see, Jesus had the power of all universes at his fingertips and he did not use it once. He did not call on an angel to save him. He did not call on God to save him in the moment of his crucifixion on the cross. The only thing he ever did was follow God's direction to the people that he was called to and healed them or called to them or anointed them or sent them on a journey. That's all he did. Even in the moments in the desert where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, he did not call on the Lord. So to be strong in the Lord's might is to understand that, I'm going to use some New Age lingo here, you are tapped in to a universal power. Even just saying that just drives me nuts, but I want to make this connection. So if you've been through New Age, you understand what this really means. To be tapped into a universal power and not even use of ounce of it to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might you believe in him and his strength and the entirety of his universal power that you don't even use it you don't even call on it do you know how much restraint that requires do you know how much strength that requires Right? Jesus could go to a lottery desk and pick the ticket that would be the one that would win. But yet he chose to do everything out of truth, out of God's honor, and out of just simply what he was directed to do. Never using the power for himself. Never be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If you've ever noticed in your life, whenever you go to want to make a change or make a new commitment or, you know, you want to see some better result, you want to finally take charge of your finances, you finally want to lose weight, you finally want to eat better, you finally want to work to be a better mom, you want to finally start having more intimate, more personal, more deeper conversations with your spouse, you're putting yourself back out there for dating in the world after a heartbreak, you're 
you know, you're going after a bigger career, you're going to start a business or, you know, there's something you want to change that you're not currently experiencing. And it, and it's likely leading you to a bigger change. Like it is a big deal. The devil attacks. A financial strain comes up, an emotional thing comes up, something from the past comes up, a trigger comes up. You go into these these deep flights of anxiety that you can't seem to get a hold on. You've claimed that you're going to move forward with some deeper peace and the enemy comes and just shadows you. I remember getting going into my baptism. Um, I shared this before. I'll briefly tell the story. I was going into my baptism and our priest or pastor came over and he's like, yeah, you know, be careful because when someone decides that they want to, you know, go through with this and truly follow Jesus, the devil is going to attack you. And I remember just looking at him and just scoffing. And I'm not the kind of person to do that where I just look at someone and go, <laughs> yeah, okay. But I said this out loud, facial expressions and all. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, like, why would I do that? Why would I just scoff at my priest as if I, as if I had some knowledge greater than the truth that I was going to just forego spiritual attack? Like, I would just know better. And I understood spiritual attacks. I, I lived through them through mediumship and through intuition and through new age like I knew spiritual attacks and so I felt like I was invisible to them and I remember literally the next morning I woke up with this heavy stress surrounding finances and it carried on up until two days before my baptism I remember so this would have been 10 days out that Friday I just remember just I up all night stressed about money and we had money in our bank our bills were paid groceries were in our fridge there wasn't anything that like overtly needed our attention and I was in this despair around finances and I couldn't shake it I was quiet I was secluded I was triggered I was short-tempered and I just remember I was putting laundry into my laundry machine and it just hit me I just, in that moment, I just started praying. I hadn't prayed for these whole 10 days. And all of a sudden, I was so tired of being just in despair in my mind. That I was like, I'm just going to pray over this. And immediately it occurred to me, oh, that's it. The devil's scheme. Something was forcing me to not pray and I was so exhausted from it that I finally submitted to prayer. And it was in that moment, by putting on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It was so clear to me that I had been under a spiritual attack for 10 days. And I was completely unaware of it the whole time. And not one single time did it even ever occur to me to pray. It wasn't even in my mind that I should pray until that morning when I was so depleted and exhausted and I succumbed to prayer. And it was like an epiphany. Everything cleared up and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. It was the devil within me that taunted the pastor in the moment when he said that. And in that moment when I started to pray, it finally lifted off of me. It was the craziest experience. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers 
over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, the devil's not showing up to your door with a sword or a knife or a gun to put you under duress. He is captivating you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually until you are so physically ill, exhausted, or in despair that you either submit to him or you knowingly give your life to God. And some of you are in that space where you are in such deep despair about the challenges that you are facing, but you are not willing to pray over them. You are not willing to give your whole life to him. Or maybe this is the podcast episode that is that light bulb moment for you to start praying over it. And not because you're trying to pray over it so that you get relief though that it will be a byproduct, but so that you can live your life through God, live your life through Jesus, turn to the word and put this whole dang armor on because the battles you are facing, especially if you are someone who is not new to depression and anxiety and just feeling utter hopelessness. It's because you have tried consistently to live out through your own understanding, to manifest by your own desire and creation and design as if God is a genie in a bottle when you need him. Let me tell you, that's probably not working out very well for you. You probably are seeing the same consistent results of disparity or challenges showing up in your life because what you're wrestling up against is not the devil at the door with a gun. He has taken over your mind. He has perverted your circumstances. He has perverted your view of what's real and true. And you haven't been willing to give it all up to God. Number 13, verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. When you put that armor on, You're giving up all of your past. You're giving it all up. You see, we have this idea in ourselves that we are good people. And this is one of the hardest things that people who aren't Christians or people who fight against the ideology of Christianity are so against. And it's that they're a good person because they donated to a homeless shelter or they gave something away to someone in need or they volunteered or they gave back or they did something that was truly good. But did you do those things out of good because you wanted to feel better about yourself? You see, here's a really interesting thing and a really great opportunity to get very radically honest with yourself. You see, I used to call myself a good person because I guided people to have deeper self-awareness and it did in ways help. And so that, that made me feel like I was doing something good. And I gave my time to volunteer and that made me feel like I was a good person. But I did all those things out of selfish intent. Because I wanted to feel good or I wanted to, in some cases, I chose to do some of these things to negate dealing with other things that were not good, that I had done that was not good. And so I was trying to right a wrong. And you see, when you submit to understand that you've actually just done things that aren't good, right? When you go to a court of law and the judge says, 
why like you're here today because of the speeding ticket if you say to the judge well I understand that but let's look at all the good things that I've done the judge is going to say I don't care about the good things you've done we're here on account because of your speeding because of the bad thing that you did because you broke the law because you broke the rules now the beautiful thing about Jesus is that when someone pays your fine regardless of how guilty you are you can be set free And that's what Jesus did for our sins. That's what Jesus did for our wrongdoings. And to actually submit to choosing to accept and not because it's just this brainwashing ideology. Oh, I'm going to accept that I'm not a good person. But because you're accepting that you in fact haven't been a good person. Have you lied? Have you cheated? Have you stolen? Have you coveted a neighbor? neighbor? Meaning have you spent time in deep jealousy over somebody else's life? Have you insulted someone else? Have you dishonored your mother and father? Have you gone against them, right? Have you idolatrized? Have you idolized someone or something other than God? Have you committed acts of um, fornication? The weirdest word for me to say, but I digress, right? Have you ever masturbated? These are all things in the Ten Commandments. And so what if you were to bring these to God and God says, okay, we're here on account of all of these 10 commandments you've broken and you go, yeah, but look at all these other things I did. He's going to be like, that's great, but I'm here because of the things on this list that you didn't do right. What are you going to say? You can't argue your way into heaven. That's where Jesus came in and paid the fine for your sins. And so when we put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, it's you recognizing that you need a savior, that you aren't perfect, that you're probably going to mess up again. But in your faith and in your time spent building a relationship with God, not only do you transform in the process and experience that peace finally over the um, deep convictions and blame and shame that you feel because of these wrongdoings that you have in fact done, right? Even withholding a secret. How How many of you withhold or carry a secret, a deep secret that you've never told anyone? And how much has that gone on to now hurt you and punished you while also not bringing justice to the person that it was about, assuming the other person did wrong and you're carrying a deep secret about them, right? Justice was never served. And now not only is that person able to get away with this wrongdoing, but now you have suffered immensely because of it. Why are you trying to be the judge? You see, when we put on the whole armor of God, we recognize that God is the only judge. And that doesn't, I don't say that with a perfection in my tone because I have judged it as one of the things that God is really working diligently on my heart with to the point where I'm finally able to catch it when it wants to come out of my mouth. I used to be a very judgmental person because I was trying to project or negate the shame or the blame or the lack of consistency that I wasn't or was caring within myself. And so I would try and push it off or pass it off to somebody. Well, look what look over here. Don't look at me. Look over here. I don't need to do that anymore. I know I'm not perfect. And that doesn't make me now able to negate, oh, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm just going to keep doing this anyways. No, 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 no. 
when I put on the whole armor of God, we go into 13, or sorry, we go into 14, verse 14, it says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's go into the chakras here for a moment. What chakra is located under the space where you would put on a belt? Okay, it sits right between your sacral and your Oh my goodness, I actually forgot it at this point. Your solar plexus. I didn't. <laughs> um, it sits right between your sacral and your solar plexus. Okay, your sacral chakra, it represents your reproductive organs, your emotional capacities, your solar plexus is all about your confidence and your courage and your strength. And so when you put on the belt of truth, you're standing fastened, not relying on your own strength or your own courage or your own confidence or your own emotional capacity, but in his for you, even bringing it back up to where we stand, um, be strong in the Lord in this, and in the strength of his might. So we put on this belt where we don't have to be in control of our emotions, but our emotions will be in control because of our faith and our strength in him. We do not have to be perfect in our confidence and in our courage because our strength and our courage and our confidence is derived from the Lord in him. And naturally, he is going to work on that change. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you see, our hearts are deceitful. Okay, the one thing that drove me nuts about New Age is there's always like, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Now, this is a catch-22 when you come to Jesus because before Jesus, your heart is only full of deceitful feelings. How many times have you felt like in, you know, 11 o'clock at night that you're, you want to eat a bowl of chips, even though eating things like that in late at night is going to cause inflammation into your body. It's not going to digest properly. You're going to actually have a terrible sleep because now you've consumed all of that corn and starch and whatever else, sugars, salts, right? And you wake up, you're super puffy. So you know this, you know that it's not helping you. So when we put on the breastplate of the Lord, what we're doing is we're allowing Jesus to truly transform our heart's desires into his. So when we're sitting in bed in the middle of the night and we are 11 o'clock at night and we want to eat those chips, that breastplate on us says, I don't actually need them because I know what they do to me. And it's not from a place of shame or guilt, but it's just pure honesty, truth, the the belt of truth is fastened on you. The breastplate of righteousness is fastened on you. I am not going to cheat on myself because this body is a temple and I want to keep it that way. And verse 15 says, and as, uh, and as shoes for your feet, having to put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. How often have you been guided in a direction? Have you walked a path that has been someone else's? This is a really, really powerful line, okay? And how often, and maybe even right now, you have shoes on your feet right now that are walking someone else's path. You're someone from social media that's influenced you, your husbands, your spouse, your parents, the schools, societies. You've become some huge activist, but your house is a mess. Whose path are you walking on right now? Because when we put on our shoes, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, 
you're walking God's path for you. So those big dreams or those crazy thoughts or those things that also are going to require a lot of strength and courage and confidence from the Lord for you to see it through, that's going to be the shoes that God calls you to put on your feet. And along the way, you're going to find that you want to talk about Jesus more because as you're walking down God's path, I just get this vision of like walking up a mountain trail and there's trees all on the side. And at the top of the mountain is like the opportunity for you to be the one to receive the Ten Commandments, but it's a long trek. And everybody told you how you're probably going to get lost and there's going to be cougars or bears. Though if somebody told me not to go on a hike because there might be a cougar, I'd be like, wow, that's even more of a reason to go on a hike. (laughs) So that's not a good one. That won't sway me off the path. I'll just perk up and get to there faster. Um, But anyways, you're the one who's going to receive the Ten Commandments, but you've got to go on this long journey. You know, maybe that Ten Commandments for you is, I know I'll use myself for example, um, I've been wanting to, to take um, psychology for honestly pro- since the beginning of going into new age. Actually, even before that, when I was in school in 2012 to 2014, I was originally going to go into psychology and I didn't because somebody told me that if I went for accounting and I got at the very least a diploma, they could get me a really great job. So I went to school, racked up these student loans, absolutely hated, hated school, used it as a huge negation experience to not deal with a bunch of relationship problems that I was having, did not very well in it. Um, And then I didn't even end up getting the job. So my shoes on my feet were somebody else's. And now I'm coming back to this point where God has put it on my heart so clearly to go back to school and so I have. And part of me doesn't want to give up my coaching practice and so I found a way to merge the two without the pressure of needing to keep up. I just show up because I want to serve. I want to create these podcasts because there's messages that God calls me to look into from his word and then use my experience and my understanding and apply it and I get to just hope and trust that I truly am doing him a service. But most importantly, I want to encourage you to really reflect on whose shoes are you wearing? Whose path are you walking on? Because if you're walking with the armor of God, you have his shoes on your feet. That doesn't, it's not going to make your path forward easy, but it's going to feel meaningful. It might be a long experience. Like it's going to take me another, um, Uh, four years to complete this but I know that even in the worst of times that I know I'm working towards a purpose I can see the gaps and the holes and I'm so open and willing to learn along the way and stay faithful along the way to see what he has in store for me to do for him and I know that in the therapy world I'm not naive to know there's tons of different backgrounds and beliefs But I can only hope that even with those people who have different backgrounds and beliefs, that me leading and being who I am because of the renewed heart in me, that it will help someone come to Jesus. And I'm not afraid to talk about the gospel to anyone. I can remember I was having a conversation with my mom not that long ago and she had said something about the lottery and I was like, I already won the lottery. I have Jesus. And I remember she just laughed and and I can't say whether it was like a scoffing laugh or like a ha-ha laugh or just like a a uncomfortable laugh. It just, I don't even know which one it was, 
but she left. And it was like, to me, I, I was so certain in it. And I knew whatever, because she had been talking about something that she was struggling with. And she's like, oh, it wouldn't it be so nice to win the lottery? And I said, I already won the lottery. I found Jesus. And she laughed. And I was like, I realized in that moment that the, that the differentiation between where she is in her life and where I am in mine, our struggles, though they may be different, they are not different in, an, in totality. And I have peace. And I really, truly did win. And so, so can she. If she wants to let go of what she's holding on to that's holding her back from that. Verse number 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. How many times has people cast judgments upon you? Has the world thrown flaming darts at you and you have been hit? in the soul by them. They have taken you down and out. On a couple episodes ago, I shared about how when I was younger, one of my friends at the time, she had made this comment and she said, you're like the fat girl that nobody likes. And that, oh, that rang, rang to my soul. That rang to my soul. And and for so many reasons that I'm not even going to necessarily get into. But to me in that moment, it was like, the worst thing and it actually shaped my um, body dysmorphia for a very very long time and uh, it's very interesting I had a I didn't have the best personal healthcare relationship with myself and then after that I definitely didn't and for many 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 years I want to say almost 15 years I blamed I consciously and unconsciously blamed her for my inconsistencies and my instabilities and it wasn't even her fault it was just something she said because she was annoyed with me and that was the first thing that she could think of in the moment and she even like backpedaled it and she apologized for it but it was like that was a flaming dart that hit me there is a situation that I'm going through right now that could be a flaming dart but with the shield of faith I'm choosing to deflect that dart hitting my soul by praying over this person by praying over the circumstance by praying over ourselves instead and so these flaming darts from the evil one can't get to me they can not get to me and they won't get to me and they don't need to get to you either anymore but you have to pick up that shield of faith and stop letting these things get to you and that doesn't mean that they won't but start praying over them dang habit start praying over them because why are you allowing these flaming darts to pierce your soul any longer you've found Christ or Christ has found you you have been saved by grace alone by faith alone you are saved but you also need to pick up this shield and start deflecting you have won the ultimate lottery so why are you allowing yourself to suffer why have you not put the whole armor of God on verse 17 to left and take the helmet of salvation And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you deflect these flaming darts by putting on this helmet of salvation, your protection for your mindset and mentality. You see, the devil can't penetrate your thoughts and make you think things that are dark or or awful or horrendous or despairing, but he sure can tempt you with them in ways like 
isn't it so funny how that girl just gave you that look? Ha, <laughs> you're strong. I would not take that. And you think and you're like, look at that look she just gave me. Are you kidding me? Who does she think she is? Or you pick up on these little micro details of the way people's body language um, genuinely is towards you. But with that helmet of salvation, the devil can't get you to focus on that because you're like, hey, you know what? This person is triggered by me not having a great day. Maybe they just need some more love and grace. So instead of letting the devil penetrate and pervert my thoughts, I'm going to pray over them. And with the sword of the spirit, I'm going to just slash those thoughts out of the way because they do not exist in my world. And I'm going to get into God's word when they do penetrate a little bit farther than I want them to. And I'm going to feel better. And you're going to feel better. And your shoes, shoelaces are going to be fastened as you walk back on his path. If you've never watched the movie Pilgrim's Progress, I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um or prime videos, it is literally the perfect depiction of this passage. Okay. And verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. God offered you Jesus in place for all your burdens and your sins and your despair and your inability to stay consistent, and in him you can be. I'm on a 16-day streak of working out something that has taken me six, seven months to finally get to. And there were so many times along the way where I was sitting and beating myself up like, oh, I'm not being consistent, I'm not being consistent, I'm not being consistent. And then I look at, I have this calendar that if you ever follow me on Instagram, I share them almost every day. I have this calendar that tracks my progress. And when I look at a whole month, it's like, wow, I'm actually pretty consistent. Like in a month, I'm showing up like almost 70% of the time. And then it grew 80, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95. Now for this month of February, 16 days in, I've showed up 100% of the time. And so now that I'm doubling down or now that I've found consistency in my workout routines, I don't know how long I'm going to go for the streak, but at this point, I'm going to keep riding this out, see how far I can go. Um... I'm going to double down on nutrition. I'm going to go one thing at a time because in the strength of the Lord, I don't need to be perfect every day. I don't need to sort out every corner and area and nook and cranny of my life in one day, in one hour, right? Change and transformation does not happen overnight. But the more you consistently put on the whole armor of God, the more you're going to see yourself change the more you're going to clean up the heaping piles of laundry and the overflow in the closets and the unorganized pantries of food and the fridges and you're going to start eating healthier because your body, you're going to want your body to match your mind. Everything starts in the mind. Your mind creates your feelings. Your feelings create your actions and your actions create your results. So it's likely you don't have the helmet of salvation on. And so the devil is just coming in and he's, sorry, um, yeah, the helmet of salvation. And he's penetrating all your thoughts, right? Our helmet sits on our mind's eye, our vision for the future, your ability to see clearly. It is also your, um, your, um, um, I can't even remember. You know what? I'm so impressed with myself right now. I used to have this stuff dialed down to a T the uh, dualities of the chakras and now it's just not even coming to me um but anyways you keep that 
helmet on and now your vision is set clear and your discernment is clear, right? When we put on the shield, when, um, um, when a soldier, there's a word, <laughs> when a soldier holds up his shield, he covers everything from his eyes down. So he's protecting his throat chakra. He's protecting his chest. He's protecting his solar plexus. He's protecting his sacral chakra. His whole stance of what makes up his character is being protected by that shield, the shield of faith, so that the words that you speak are not perverted with the enemy's twisted tongue, so that the the desires on your heart are shielded and rooted in the righteous place of the Lord's plan for you. Your confidence doesn't need to be confidence derived through you, the more makeup you put on, the more self-care you do, the more, the better you dress or how much weight you lose, your confidence derived from the Lord and in his plan and in his purpose for you and for himself. And your emotional capacity starts to lift because you're not carrying the burden of you having to do it all. And naturally you are rooted in the right place all the way down to the shoes on your feet that are walking down the path that the Lord has planned for you. This whole armor of God, you are likely missing different pieces of it. So go back to this. Address your life with this. Because there is no reason to not feel peace unless you have not fully adopted this. And I want to make this very clear and be very honest about this. There are days where I don't feel like I have the whole armor on, where I am short-tempered. The other day I was short-tempered with my kids. And the other day I didn't want to eat more nutritionally. I don't stress myself out about having to eat 100% clean. Like my kids have corn pops some days in the morning and like we have Doritos in our cupboard right now that I just bought. But the majority of the stuff that we eat is better. And sometimes I just want to throw pizza in the oven. But I don't beat myself up over these things anymore. And when I do get short-tempered with the kids, I sit on the floor with them and I have a conversation and I apologize. And it rectifies everything. Everything. They're regulated. They're happier. They're more at peace. I'm more at peace. We've built this better communication and this connection together. And so even the days where maybe I don't put on the whole armor of God first thing, I definitely do my best to walk with it. And that's what I want to continue to encourage you to do. And my ability to have the self-awareness surrounding these situations and myself in my life is by, is, sorry, is not is by, is through the coaches that I've had, is through the support that I have had, is getting into the word, is finding more Christian-led people so that they can continue to encourage me to stand true in this. And there's been some times where I've needed to go down that path of unraveling why I do certain things. And it has been insanely helpful. And when you have that awareness, you also get to give it up. Wow, I didn't even realize that I was hanging on to this. I didn't even realize that I was doing this because of this person or this thing. I didn't even realize that this was what was standing in my way from perseverance or having a more honest conversation or actually just dealing with this thing that I've put off and Lord I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to put this at your feet and I want to be changed in this and I want to do better in this and then when I'm faced with that challenge or that circumstance again 
I remember what I put down at his feet and I make a different decision. And that's what it looks like when the Holy Spirit is working in you. And that's what it looks like when you have the whole armor of God in you. Because even when you don't want to do something, assuming that you know that what you need to do is truly going to better and improve yourself in your life, you just do it anyways. There's some of the days out of these 16 days that I've been on this workout streak that I have not wanted to work out. Some of the days I actually took pre-workout so that I had no choice but to work out. But I got it done. And I did it. Right? And then you start feeling so good because you really start seeing these changes in your life. And above all else, above all else, your chaos starts to go away. And the peace starts to come in. And then no matter what you face, you have this shield of faith that extinguishes all the flaming darts of the evil one. And you just become unpenetratable. Your mind isn't finally blank, but it's calm. And then for some of you, This is why I love partnering with someone like Doc Shock. Some of you, one of the biggest problems that you're facing is actually adrenal burnout. Or if you've been on medication for a long time for anxiety or depression, it's depleted a lot of core minerals that your body needs, things like selenium or magnesium or calcium. And you can't just take some of these things just as it is, especially if you don't know what its counter also needs to be. So some of you are dealing with deep levels of adrenal burnout or um, uh, disrupted gut microbiome. So your body's not even processing things properly. So it's spiking your cortisol, your stress hormones, and it's spiking um, your inability to digest things properly. And so it's driving your anxiety. So it's not even so much that you don't have the helmet of Uh, salvation on or the sword of the spirit on or your shield of faith up or your shoes fastened um, for on the path of readiness or that you don't have the the belt of truth I don't know why I'm like brain farting here the belt of truth on or the breastplate of righteousness it's that your body's actually just legitimately struggling and you get to take the time to now address the physical ailments that you are in fact facing you see it's so interesting to me how i saw this all the time in new age there was this heavy emphasis on oh get energy clearings and chakra clearings and crystal clearings and energy healings all these things it's like what about what your body's actually dealing with your energy healings and clearings and all those things are not going to restore your magnesium levels. They're not going to restore your iron levels. They're not going to boost your serotonin in your brain if it's collapsed due to medication. Like you actually need protocols to rehabilitate your physical body. Yeah, God can perform miracles, but let's not count on him to be a genie in a bottle. Let's just trust in him and have the faith and walk in his shoes and and be led and take the risks necessary and make the changes necessary to heal wholeheartedly. So I'm going to leave this message with you today. I hope it was everything you needed and more. Shoot me a message on Instagram at the Riley June or at she is restored podcast. Let me know what you think. 
And I really, truly look forward to all the ways that you are going to be extinguishing the flaming darts of the evil one moving forward. You have found Jesus. You are restored in him. And there really, truly is no other way. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work, and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness, and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.